It's that time. The Sports Talker. Here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Kentucky with another basketball win. We will mostly talk about Kentucky's win today on the show. Again, I, I'm never going to get used to talking basketball in August, but I might as well start getting used to it because that's going to be the case today. It was the case yesterday, and they've got some more games later in the weekend and this weekend as they wrap up the Big Blue Bahamas Tour, unofficially called Dakari Safari. Today, beating Puerto Rico B-team by a lot. Had no problem with them. From the get-go, I guess if you want to take one negative away from Kentucky on this trip so far in three games, despite being 3-0, as they've started out a little bit slow, it has taken some time to get the offense moving. But when you're winning games by 20 and 30 points, you can't really complain too much about a slow start. So Kentucky pulls out the win today, uh, sweeps Puerto Rico. They're done with them now. They're done with Puerto Rico's B team. But now they've got their toughest test left, the Dominican Republic national team. That's not going to be a B team. That's going to be the real deal. And they're going to have a couple Louisville guys, Francisco Garcia, Edgar Sosa, a Kentucky guy, Eloy Vargas. And then they've got a lot of good role players that play professionally throughout the throughout the world that are, are talented. So the best chance for Kentucky to pick up a loss in this tournament or in this exhibition showcase will certainly be from the Dominican Republic team later this week. And they have one more game against the French professional team, which I believe will be Saturday. So only three games left. They're halfway through three and zero. have looked absolutely dominant. And Calipari's comments, like I talked about on the show yesterday about how you just can't believe a word. He says his comments about UK going likely not winning a game in this thing, maybe winning two if they're lucky, uh, just, complete baloney, but I will say this. I don't think anybody thought Kentucky was going to come out and dominate these teams the way that they have. Uh, They have done these lineups, which you've seen just five players in and then five players get substituted out and kind of have these same rotations that they've had for the first few games to be able to evenly balance out those rotations where not one is getting exposed in these games. I think just, again, speaks uh, to the tremendous depth Kentucky has on this year's team. And Calipari, during the game, for those that were able to watch and if you weren't able to watch, Calipari came on and talked with Jay Billis and talked with the ESPN, kind of did some commentating. He had John Robick coach, so he didn't have to worry about that. But it was this was unique to me, and this is something that stood out to me, is his ability to basically say what's going to what was going to happen uh, moments before it actually happened and to talk about a player's tendencies and what he thought that player was going to do and then sure enough that player would do that exact same thing he would say Tyler Ulysses is going to drive and he's going to kick out watch and sure enough Tyler Ulysses penetrated and then kicked out and now you might be thinking to yourself well obviously a coach should know what his players are going to do but remind but but think this is August we are in August and we are still months away from the start of the college basketball season. We are months away for the, from the first time Kentucky is going to play somebody else 
They're going to obviously have big blue madness. They're going to have the blue white scrimmage, which <laughs> with the ta- with how loaded and deep Kentucky's team is, that could be a uh, that could be one of their tougher games. Uh, the big blue madness scrimmage if they split up those teams evenly. But it's going to be they it's a while before they're going to play a team an actual team and it's going to be a little bit longer. Although they're out of conference schedule, they're going to jump right into it. But it's going to be a little bit longer before they play a really good team. And John Calipari can already watch his teams in live action and know what they're going to do. To me, that's a huge advantage. And that's something that's going to go a super long way. And a little bit of that is about all the players being on campus early this summer, all of them being able to enroll in the first summer session but uh, uh, more of that is also a lot of players coming back. You've got so many guys, familiar faces that were part of a national title run going into D, uh, li- mid-April last season, the first week of April, and they're back. So obviously John Calipari is going to know some of their tendencies, but the freshmen, I'm a little surprised that he was able to call out what they were going to do and see them do it. So I, that, again, is going to be nothing but help for Kentucky moving forward. And if if he knows what his players are going to do, John Calipari is smart enough. He's smart enough of a coach to be able to work out something to work. I still have no idea what the rotations are going to be when the season starts. He's not going to be able to get 10 minutes or 10 guys to get 10 minutes a game. He's not going to be able to get 10 guys that are going to be playing a significant amount. So I don't know who's going to be left out. You could, after watching these first three games, again, they've been blowouts, and maybe some of the numbers are a little inflated. But how, who gets left out? You could make a case for every single player that you've seen play, with the exception of maybe uh, the walk ons. But you could make a case for every single player that, that, that they deserve some playing time. So, really impressed with the Kentucky and what they've been able to do. I don't think this Puerto Rico team. Is, uh, I've had a couple people ask me over the past few days, where would they be? Would they be a top 25 team? Are they comparable to a college? What kind of college level team would they be? I don't know if this Puerto Rico team would be a very good college team. I, I, I don't necessarily even think that they would be a, a middle of the pack SEC team, maybe towards the bottom, maybe the worst SEC team. Uh, but still, to be able to just dominate that early. And these Puerto Rico guys, although this team might not be super familiar with each other, they're more familiar with one another than this Kentucky team is. And they have a, they certainly have something to play for. They're looking to get on the Puerto Rican national team to be able to work their way up. And Kentucky beats them on every aspect of the game, effort, you name it, they beat them. So I put out there what player has been most surprising to you in this big blue Bahama tour I wanted to hear what you had to say on Twitter. Ulysses is one that that has been mentioned, and I've I've been trying to not to toot my own horn here, but toot toot. I've been trying to say that Tyler Ulysses was going. People were going to have this reaction to him and see him and and be impressed with what he's been able to do. But. I don't blame people for not knowing because if you don't follow high school basketball recruiting, if you're not a fan of, of watching high school basketball players play and you want to wait till they get to college, then you'd have no real reason knowing how good he'd be. And also, he wasn't a highly rated recruit. Now, he ended up being a five-star in the final rankings. I like to think I had a little part in that. 
but this isn't super surprising to me. He's smart, he's quick, and to me, he's the best passer in college basketball. He's just a guy that's going to be able to make plays, and that's why he's going to have to be on the floor. I'm going to sound like a broken record with how much I'm going to say that between now and November, and and if you think it's bad during that stretch, wait until November to April, although I'm sure at that point he's going to actually be on the floor. But uh, he's a guy that you're just going to have to go out there and create. And I'm really uh, – a lot of – you can – again, like I said, you can pick any one person from this Kentucky Big Blue Bahamas tour and say, wow, they've been impressive or they've surprised me. I guess maybe one guy that wouldn't that, – that I would say was maybe a little more dis- – not disappointing, but hasn't shown what I thought he'd show – and that would probably be Dakari Johnson. Not that he's been bad by any stretch of the imagination. Just what I saw in practice last week and what I had heard about some other practices is he was absolutely dominant. You haven't necessarily seen much of that, but this isn't the best setup for him. The, these teams are playing really up and down with these with Puerto Rico and the French Nash, the French professional team having such short benches. It just makes sense for Kentucky to try to run, and that's not the best way for. Dakari Johnson to play, and and he's been good in stretches, but he would probably be one guy that I would say hasn't been as good as I thought he was going to be. But then every other guy you can make a case for, and I think the Harrison twins have been impressive as anybody. Again, they look like leaders. They don't look like they're getting upset when they make mistakes, and that was not the case last year, and that was part of the reason why I think that they struggled so much. And it, Andrew Harrison's head fakes are almost unguardable. And it works a lot. He's, he's, he looks, he seems smarter with how to use his body to make things easier for him. And he would do that at times last year, but most of those times he was out of control. He seems a little slower. It's a, not, he's, he's, he might, he's probably quicker to be honest, but he's playing slower. He's slowing down the game to where, where he's getting on the floor. He still has his dribble and I'm getting into basketball speak right here, but he has his dribble. And then what he's doing is he's keeping his dribble alive and he's going to use a head fake and when he gets that head fake, either he's going to get his guy in the air and he's going to go right by him, or the head fake's going to push the guy off of him, anticipating the drive, and it's going to give him enough space at the elbow, the free throw line, to knock down that easy shot, that easy jumper that he's shown he's been able to do. And I think that's huge for his game moving forward. So I'm not saying for as good as Tyler Ulis has been, he's going to play over Andrew Harrison. He's not. They're going to play together. Aaron Harrison going to play together, and Aaron Harrison, uh, a stretch in today's game, hit back-to-back threes. His three-point shot looks more comfortable. It looked good in the tournament, but it, it, it looks like it's maybe a little bit better from there. So Kentucky's going to be really good this year. Uh, there's a lot of good teams in college basketball. Duke's going to be really good. Wisconsin's going to be really good. Arizona's going to be really good. Louisville, I think, has a chance to be really good. So it's not going to be a runaway for Kentucky by any by any means. But like I've said, if they lose more than five games, Calipari did something wrong with this team. I don't know what that would be, but he would do. Uh, he would have to ha- have done something wrong for this Kentucky team to lose more than five games. Gates, how are you today? Doing well, TJ. How about yourself? Oh, doing doing all right. Did you get a chance to watch Kentucky? I did not. Are you are you, are you just not watching them on purpose? Uh, no, I had to cut the grass this morning, so didn't didn't get a chance to watch. I think you're not watching on purpose for whatever reason, but I, I wonder how I, I, it's not fair to say opposing fans. Cause you're not just some average 
opposing fan of Kentucky or a fan of their rival, but are you kind of getting sick of hearing about the, the, the big blue Bahamas tour and all the hype surrounding Kentucky? No, I mean, I don't think it's really all that different from the norm. I mean, they get plenty of hype any other year. I agree with that. I would just think, of, I, I even as somebody that covers the team and, you know, it's kind of my, this is providing me with content and it's making my job a little bit easier. It's only, it almost seems like a little much, but it is impressive what they're doing and what they've been able to do is worth talking about just, but if you watched, if you were an average college basketball fan and you just wanted to check out Kentucky today on ESPNU, just to kind of get a feel for how they look, see some of their players. I don't think the, an opposing fan would have been able to watch that uh, with the volume on for more than five minutes. Cause it was, Basically, just a Kentucky love fest. It almost was a, just one giant recruiting pitch for Kentucky. And then when they even had Calipari on, it, it seemed like one huge recruiting tool. I'm going to have to talk to some of the recruits that they're going after in 2015, 2016 to see if they watched and if that made a difference to them because I would imagine it would have to. Uh, these guys were trending on Twitter. A lot of UK players were trending on Twitter. Kentucky was trending nationally on Twitter, and it's the middle of August. So I could imagine for opposing fans, it could kind of be too much. But you have to like basketball in August, don't you, Yates? Oh, yeah. Basketball anytime is good basketball. But it, it, I agree with you there. And uh, getting closer to more USA action, the Dominican Republic is a, a, an international team that Kentucky is going to get a face. And USA is actually going to go against two. So we can, Yates, we can fairly compare if the United States could beat Team USA. And that's a discussion that's on everybody's mind, correct? I cannot wait to have that comparison, that discussion. I am curious. Carl Anthony Towns is uh, scheduled to play in that exhibition for the Dominican Republic versus the United States. And I need to get a date on exactly when that is. But this Big Blue Bahamas tour ends on Sunday. And I know it's not a, uh, it, it's not going to take long for him to get uh, – there's a short – transition august 20th so if that ends on sunday that'd be the 17th so he'll have three days and then he's supposed to go up with the dominican republic team and play against the united states so he's going to play against his team two days in the bahamas and then switch sides and play against the united states in i think that game's in madison square garden is what i'm i'm reading so I'm I'm interested to see how Carl Anthony Towns does against the uh, Team USA. I, I know when he played for the Dominican Republic four years ago, or not four years ago, I guess that'd be two years ago, when he played against the uh, when he played for the Dominican Republic against the United States two years ago, he didn't get a lot of minutes. At that point, he was 16 years old, uh, a young 16 years old, and uh, came in late. I had expect him to play more this year. I'm curious to see how he's going to do against Anthony Davis and some of those other guys. Uh, but he, he certainly has been very impressive for UK in the Bahamas. So I'm curious to see how that goes. And I'm, I'm, I'm Yates, I saw so much, kind of switching gears here. I saw so much panic after Kevin Durant decided to drop out of Team USA. I don't get it. People are talking about how USA's odds are drastically... Uh, changed with Kevin Durant dropping out. If the United States doesn't win gold, that is a huge disappointment. Am I wrong with that? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would think so. It's obviously, I mean, you never want to lose somebody like Kevin Durant, but even without Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Paul George, I mean, USA should still be at least one step above every other country when it comes to basketball. And we haven't seen the final roster for Team USA yet, and I, I, I'm not sure when they're going to announce that. It'll, it'll likely be probably in the next week, next two weeks. But going – and there's going to be some good competi- international competition. Spain is always very talented and not not super far behind the United States, but they're good. They're, they're a very talented team. You can – Brazil's good, Argentina's good, Greece is a tricky team, France is okay, Germany's okay, Dominican Republic's okay, not great, but okay. Looking at those, and I'm not going to pretend that I know a ton about all these other teams, I can name their starting fives, I know some of their key players, but looking at the United States team, and this is the the starting five I would do for the United States based on who's still playing, and Yates, I'm sure you probably disagree with me, and that's fine. I, I at the at point guard, I would go Derrick Rose. At the two guard, I'd go Curry. At three, I think I'd go Clay Thompson. At four, I'd go Anthony Davis. At five, I'd go to Marcus Cousins. And maybe Maybe only at the three position will you not have an advantage over every other team in this in this world basketball cup. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I, I might be inclined to throw Rudy Gay in there at the three rather than Clay Thompson, but I think you'd be all right either way. I'm just a, I'm a fan of, of three point shooting, so that's why I would go Thompson. But it's not like Rudy Gay is some slouch from the perimeter. So, but you're right about it. You, you would be, that would probably even be more likely to be the starting lineup. And I don't know if they would, yeah, that would probably, I, I, I don't know if even DeMarcus Cousins, based on everything we've heard, is going to make the team. But, and I don't know if you want to play Anthony Davis at the four. I think he's more of a four, almost to begin with, but certainly in international basketball. But I, I do agree. I, I think that lineup, and then not even to consider how loaded their bench is, where you'd have, I don't know if Kenneth Reed's going to make the team. I think he certainly should. You'd have a guy like Kenneth Reed coming off the bench. Oh, I, I completely forgot James Harden. I would start him. I would I would go really small, and I would go Derrick Rose, Curry, Harden, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. And then you just have three guys on the perimeter that can knock down shots. Derrick Rose can attack the rim. Anthony Davis can step out, and then you've got a big bruiser into Marcus Cousins that's going to rebound everything. I think that would be my starting five. Completely forgot about James Harden and that team. And then you'd have a guy like Rudy Gay and Clay Thompson coming off their bench. That team's not losing, like you mentioned. Yeah. World. It's funny how he cannot necessarily be the most dominant player in the NBA, although I think he led the NBA in scoring, but kind of be on a bad team and not do enough to get his team uh, over into the playoffs and, and the Eastern Conference, which is unbelievable to me the more that I talk about it. 
but in USA basketball, he can debatably be one of their best players. It's, it's just, it is a different, it's slightly different game than what we're used to watching the NBA and watching college basketball. Uh, we might talk more USA basketball after the break. Uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was in the Bahamas. We'll talk a little bit about that. So stick around here on 1450, the sports buzz. We will be right back. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Uh, nice weather out today if you have been able to go outside. It's not too humid. Yesterday was awful at my apartment complex, taking the dog out and walking around. I guess the grass hadn't been cut in a while. And it was so hot and sticky, and it had rain on and off, so there was steam coming off the ground and off the pavement, and there's bugs everywhere. It felt like I was in the movie The Jurassic Park, but today, much nicer. Cool little programming alert. There will be no sports talker tomorrow. Heading up to Cincinnati for not work, taking a, a, a day off, going to watch my beloved Red Sox take on the Cincinnati Reds. It's a noon game. So I look forward to being able to do that. The weather for that's supposed to be pretty nice. They also take on the Reds tonight for a little two game stretch, but it's a kind of bad year to go pay and watch the Red Sox play as they're obviously kind of setting their sights on next year, but look forward to doing it anyways. I watched them two years ago, and the, the year after that, they won the World Series. So maybe if I watch them this year, they'll be able to do the same the year after. So Michael Kidd Gilchrist is in the Bahamas. He's watching UK play. He told reporters down there, the lucky reporters I got to go and watch, that he was homesick. He, he was homesick of UK. I don't know if he was so much homesick of UK versus he just maybe wanted a little trip to the Bahamas because if you were homesick of UK, heading to Lexington would probably be a much cheaper way to reconnect with Kentucky's coaching staff. But it certainly probably worked out well where you got to see some old friends, watch some basketball in August and be on a beach and maybe one of the greatest, nicest resorts in the world. A couple more tweets coming in. Willis and Lee have uh, stood out to Daniel Wormley, both playing really well, he said. Derek Willis is playing well, and I think I talked, it might have been yesterday. It could have been Friday. It might have been after the practice. It might have been a couple times where I've talked about, I just don't know how he's going to be able to get on the floor. And I still stand by that. I, I don't think he's going to be able to get on the floor. But it is interesting to see how well he's playing, how well he played today. His shot looks a little more confident. 
he looks a little more comfortable. Overall, he looks a, a bit more confident. He's making some good passes. He's seen the floor well. He is playing well. I still think it'd probably be in his best interest. What do I know? Well, I, like I know anything about his best interest, but it might be in terms of his playing career Kentucky in his best interest to redshirt this year and not waste a year of eligibility. Again, I don't know what he wants to do. I don't know what his goals are after college or any of that. But again, I just don't know if there's a way he can get on the floor. If Kentucky was a terrible three-point shooting team, if they really had no good three-point shooters, similar to 2013 with the exception of Kyle Wilcher, that's that's a, a way Willis could possibly get some more minutes. But I don't think they're going to be that bad at shooting threes. But he is certainly playing well. Lee played well, too. I was waiting to see him kind of start dominating and getting some alley-oops, some high-rising dunks, and he finally able to do that today. Such a luxury for UK. It makes it so easy for some of their guards to be able to throw it up and have a guy like Marcus Lee bring it down. Again, I, I would be so curious to see if he went somewhere else to another team in college basketball, just how good he could be. But he's looked good, and you're, I, I do expect him to play, in my opinion. Something else I was reminded to get to and wanted to get to today. Brun DMC wanted me to, again, it's Brun DMC, not Run DMC for some that I've asked. He wanted me to talk about Jerry Jones. He wanted me to talk about Jerry Jones yesterday. And Jerry Jones' son was seen partying and, and playing with uh, officials on a party bus. The head of officials. So an interesting story there. I guess Brun DMC, he lives in Texas, wanted to get a little insight on that. Jerry Jones has really been in the news lately, not for the right reasons. But to have the head of officials hanging out with your with your son, I don't really get how this works or how it even came about, but supposedly the head official goes to every team and meets with uh, the owners, the GMs, the coaches, whoever, basically, in, in, inside a, a franchise wants to meet with. And they, I guess they just talk and, and get to know each other. And uh, I think most of the meetings are business as usual but it seemed like Jerry Jones' son showed him a good time. I, I, I have a, My only problem is when an NFL player does something to maybe embarrass the NFL's name or their brand, they're reprimanded and disciplined because it doesn't look good for the NFL. Well, this doesn't look good for the NFL. I don't think, I doubt that this is going to make the Cowboys get all the calls. But it's just not professional. And it's not representing the NFL in the right way. So I don't have a shocking or crazy opinion on it, but I feel that's, it's not a good look for the NFL. And if a player did something to not got in trouble, did something that negatively reflected the NFL's brand, they would be disciplined. It doesn't have to be a suspension. Doesn't it could be a fine? It could be something small, but this certainly doesn't 
look good on the NFL to have your head of officials partying with an owner's son. So that's my take on that. The NFL, not far away. I've got my big fantasy draft this Saturday, Yates. I'm still very torn on my keepers. It's just, it's not, it's not a good situation where I find myself. Even Marshawn Lynch is now getting in trouble or at least getting investigated. Again, I've got to keep Marshawn Lynch, two of two of these guys, Marshawn Lynch, Wes Welker, Pierre Thomas, no Sean Moreno, which is probably going to be, which is surely going to be a no-go. And Quan Bolden likely going to be a no-go. Yates, if I remember correctly, I, I believe you said Marshawn Lynch and Wes Welker. Is that still where you stand? Um, I mean, I think you probably have to keep Marshawn Lynch. I mean, if you have to keep players, I don't. I think he's probably. I don't know. There's there's some issue with him, obviously, with him getting in trouble and the holdout. He's probably still going to be their workhorse, no matter what. So I, I mean, you think you probably have to keep him. I might waver a little bit on Welker. I, I maybe consider Anquan Bolden. I don't know. That, I mean, that's a, definitely a tough one for your second one. Well, if the 49ers didn't acquire former UK great Stevie Johnson, I think Anquan Bolden would be a serious option. But now I just think there's probably too many targets. They they it's not that they don't ever they, they throw a lot, but it's not like that's their their only way to to get first downs and move the ball. So I, I don't know if that's the way to go about it. And uh, and and as I say that Marshawn Lynch was getting in trouble or allegedly getting into co- trouble. The Seahawks said today after speaking with Marshawn Lynch, we are comfortable that these accusations are bogus so i i'm not i'm not too i'm not scared off of keeping him i I don't know who to keep next to him i'll have to start doing some research between pierre thomas Wes walker obviously i think the solution here is i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to have a good draft and there's no way around that but that's always a fun day though the draft for our fantasy league. It's going to be the ninth or 10th year. So stay tuned. I'm going to be talking a lot about it, especially on Monday when I reveal who I ended up with. No doubt that I'm going to be talking a lot about that. Yates, some U of L news today. I, I saw that they have officially opened Louisville's new soccer stadium. And based on some pictures I saw, Looks really nice. Looks like the real deal. Uh, a couple people that cover Louisville were talking that it might be the nicest facility on Louisville's campus, which I would have a tough time believing. But Lynn Stadium is, is getting rave reviews. What do you what have you seen it? Have you seen the pictures? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I've seen. I I don't think I've seen any actual pictures. I mean, I've seen some pictures before it was finished. Um, and I've seen the the computer generated images uh, before, you know, from before they were building it. The design I've seen it. I drive past there every day going home from here. Um, I I can't imagine that it's not one of the nicest soccer facilities in all of college athletics. 
um, to be to be the nicest so, or the nicest facility on U of L's campus is, I mean, that's that's pretty high praise because pretty much everything over there is reasonably new and very nice. So that, that's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to going there for a game this season. Yeah, it it is. I just don't think there's anything nicer right now that's nicer than the Yum Center on Louisville. I guess that's not really on Louisville's campus. But say, that, that's the caveat is that's not really on Louisville's campus. So I don't. Yeah. That probably whoever whoever made that statement was probably thinking that they were right because they're not including that. Yeah. Then, then if that's the case, then maybe. But really, like you said, every, all the facilities on Louisville's campus are are relatively new and and definitely nice and up to date. Kentucky, it was funny. I, I saw all these videos and tweets. I guess they took media on a tour of Louisville's new soccer stadium, and I saw UK's soccer sports information director Brent Ingram, who's been on the show to talk UK baseball before. He also does soccer. He he tweeted that. UK soccer has the best facility in Conference USA. There's no men's soccer in the SEC, so UK plays in Conference USA, and it's an okay conference based on soccer. I've had to cover UK soccer before at the Kentucky Colonel, but they did renovate their softball stadium and their soccer stadium. And based on the pictures, I'm sure Louisville soccer stadium is nicer. I'll give the nod to UK's softball stadium over Louisville's. Not that either one are hurting, but UK also has a nice soccer stadium. I, I think we're officially, if we weren't already, based on UK's football renovations, building a new practice facility, doing this and that, Yates, I think we're officially in the middle of a UK UVL facilities arm race, wouldn't you say? It, it does definitely seems like that. And, I mean, as a fan of either team, there's probably not really any way that you don't win. And, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Unless, unless they just spend way too much money, and then yeah, unless tax dollars were really hurting uh, citizens of Kentucky, everybody's winning. Whether you're a Kentucky or a Louisville fan, and maybe you can make a case that Kentucky started this arms race with the Joe Craft Center, and then Louisville since has just been getting new stadium after new stadium. But certainly in recent years, it's been uh, new projects on Louisville's campus that are now now you're starting to see new projects on Kentucky's campus and it's not just sports stuff. Every time I go in Lexington there's a new building or something being built. They have all new dorms for people that haven't been to UK's campus in a while. North their UK's North campus looks completely different than it did when I started college uh, back in the fall of 2009. It's changing every day and and even like I've said forever Louisville's campus over the past decade and certainly over the past two decades looks completely different. So I do agree that everybody's winning, but we're going to head to our last commercial break. It's, it won't be a long one. And when we come back, we'll have one short segment here to finish out a Tuesday edition of the Sports Talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. So stick around. Just about to best. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. 
And we're back here, one final segment on a nice, very nice Tuesday this summer. Just a few more weeks away from football. Yates, I, I want to say this about Louisville. The helmets the cards are going to wear against Miami to start the season are very sharp. Black ones? The black ones. I know that this is nothing new, and they've those helmets have the. I, I guess they've probably been out for a few months. But seeing all the team day photos and uh, that Louisville has been posting the last few days on the internet, those are uh, almost as sharp as helmet any any helmets I've seen throughout college football. Yeah, I'm excited about the black uniforms. I was, I mean, I I, I got Charlie's old kind of tradition and I guess wanting to keep things simple philosophy, but I think you could probably do all that and still throw in a, a black uniform every once in a while. I I, I agree with that. I, I get what Charlie Schrong's mindset was there, but every Louisville fan I, I spoke with, and I'm friends with probably too many of them, but they all hated it. And I, I kind of understood where they were coming from. It's not like Louisville football is similar to Vanderbilt, but Louisville football also isn't Alabama. It doesn't have a rich tradition of being successful, being a dominant program throughout decade after decade. So why act like you, you're traditional with your uniforms? Have fun with them. And Louisville had some decent and solid recruiting classes under Strong. But recruits, they care about uniforms. And as stupid as we may think it is, as stupid as certainly older people think it is, it it is a it does matter for a lot of recruits. And it's a lot of uh, any recruit that picks Oregon, it's something they're going to mention. And again, it might be silly, but recruits notice it. Uh, UK has had different jerseys through in, uh, throughout their practice football facility. They've shown off some gray uniforms. They're wearing black a lot more. UK fans may not like it. There's always those UK fans that say that UK's colors are blue and white and anything else is disrespectful. And uh, No matter how stupid you think the black uniforms are, I think the people complaining about the uniforms are uh, sound more asinine, but they like it. The recruits like it. And oh, Louisville's, yeah. Louisville's the black ones they have are gonna are certainly gonna be a hit with the recruits. Now, are they? They're still gonna have the other helmets, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I've I've seen uh, I've seen one helmet floating around a picture recently, and it was I don't I I can never tell what the color of the face masks are, but I guess they had been black maybe, and there was one a helmet floating around, a white helmet with a red face mask. So who who knows how many different helmets and uniform combinations they might have yeah that's it's always uniforms is always intriguing to me and somebody on our message boards had actually taken the time to post a picture from every game uk played in last year and showing every different uniform combination asking uh the our other subscribers which ones we liked the best and which ones stood out for me, I I liked. I, I'm talking about how the black, the recruits like it, and I think it's silly when people get mad about it. it. That doesn't mean that I don't like the blue and the white. My favorite uniform combination that Kentucky wore was blue helmets, white jerseys with blue pants. 
that's obviously something that they would wear on the road. Thought that looked really good. But you can't really go wrong with blue, white, and black. You can't really go wrong with red, white, and black. So I, I'm, it'll be fun to see. I know that Louisville's going to black out against Miami, but it's going to be interesting to see throughout the year what other jersey combinations there will be. And a lot of Kentucky fans have asked me, is this the year we're going to see the silver or gray jerseys, uh, whatever ones you want to call them? I say yes. And again, I'm going to keep saying this. So if I'm right, I can say, hey, remember all the times I said Kentucky is going to be 4-3 and three heading into that Mississippi State game? They're going to be 4-3 and three heading into that Mississippi State game. And on October 25th, that's when you're going to see the gray jerseys because that's going to be the game where Kentucky can get to five and three and be one win away, one win in their last four games away for making a bowl. Now, I could still see them being five and three and not making a bowl game because their last four games are pretty tough. But if you're going to see the gray jerseys this year, I think that's going to be the game you're going to see it. Maybe if they hold off and end up not having the season, many people thought, and they're three and eight or four and eight or four and seven heading into the final Louisville game. Maybe they wear them then just because a, a win against Louisville to end the season would certainly give you a lot of momentum. But I, I do believe you're going to see the gray jerseys this year for UK football fans that worry and are interested about this. But I, I have seen, there's been so many times I've been at a UK game as a fan or a media member and basketball or football. And I've heard UK fans, most of them older literally curse talking about how mad they are about the jerseys UK are wearing. They don't like this. They don't like that. A lot of UK fans hated Rich Brooks traditional uniforms of wearing all blue for home games at Commonwealth Stadium. I was okay with it. Didn't really bother me. A little shameless plug right now on the front cover of catsillustrated.com, a story I wrote on the freshman running back, Stanley Williams and Miguel Horton are just their expectations heading into Kentucky and, and what the coaches expect from them. It's up right now. You can read it. Here's the kicker though. I asked them what they wanted to change about the program after four years, when they leave, what do they want to look back at? And I mentioned this last week, I think last Friday, I'd mentioned it. Their goal is NCAA titles, national champ. I guess it wouldn't be an NCAA title, but national championships, SEC championships. And one of the two said they'd like to win a Heisman trophy. So if you want to check that out, you can do that. You can do so. Another tweet from Stephen Yates at Yates 65, no relation to our Yates. He says that UK will be really good and loves it, love that fans of other programs are getting nervous. Championship number nine is coming for UK. UK fans have certainly, for as much as in 2013, the year that Louisville won the national title, for as much as during that season, the previous season, 2012, UK's national title season seems so far away, so long ago. 2013 seems so long ago, the year that Kentucky was really humbled. Kentucky fans certainly have their have their swagger back, and they're very excited. And this Bahamas trip isn't going to change any expectations or soften the hype heading into this season. I can't imagine 
how over the top Big Blue Madness will be for Kentucky this year. It's uh, Kentucky spends just so much money on that event. And with all the recruits that are going to be there this year, although there's a ton of recruits there every year, all the recruits that's going to be there this year, Kentucky's run last year, and expectations for this year, I imagine that it is going to be uh, a show for the ages. Of course, fans camp out just to get tickets for that practice at UK. And that's one of the traditions that Kentucky fans love to participate in. But we're running out of time on today's show. Been a fun one. A lot of basketball talk, a little football talk, some uniform talk, all, all things I like, some fantasy football talk, some things I like. We'll do more of the same on Thursday. Again, no show tomorrow. So thanks for being patient. We'll be back Thursday, and we'll have uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. We'll preview the United the UK versus the Dominican Republic. Not quite the United States versus the Dominican Republic. Have some more time for that. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on th- Thursday, 1450, the Sports Bus. High time sitting by the river Got my old shotgun fishing pole in my liquor Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life When they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going wrong